This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It is Wednesday, 19th of July, 2023, and we have another banner day for the U.S. equity market, a very strong advance seeing new highs for the cycle. Across the board in the major indices, NASDAQ on the future at least touching 16,000 at one point intraday. At this rate, every three weeks means about 1,000 points. So I guess a new all-time highs in three weeks if we stay on this schedule. Uh, it's not a prediction. It's just an observation on what uh, this incredible pace of advance has been. A couple things going on here that are really boosting sentiment. The one has been the sort of uh, sense of uh, strong results and reaction to those after a very odd initial day. Uh, last week where we saw the first major banks reporting and then we sold off uh, quite heavily into the Friday close. Uh, yet uh, the, to start the week, we've seen good uh, good reports and solid advance in financials. And that was boosted in spades yesterday. Uh, a company like Charles Schwab reporting uh, strong uh, earnings and guidance. That stock was up over 12%. And uh, we have further banks and regional banks uh, and financial services companies reporting, but that does not seem to be a sore spot at all with it being one of the leading sectors yesterday. And then along the uh, sort of AI theme, we get this Microsoft advance, a huge one, almost 4% on the day related to uh, a story out and how they were going to price their new AI product for uh, their Office uh, 365 suite to corporate clients. They're planning on charging 30 bucks a head per month uh, for that, and the market's seeing that as a potential huge additional boon to their uh, very significant profits for that company. Uh, $150 billion of market cap, by the way, added onto that stock in uh, yesterday's trade with that big advance. And you can see the sort of mix of performance we've seen there in the Saxo equity theme baskets there on slide two. But we've got uh, you, Kim Kramer Larson, in the studio today with some technical analysis of what is going on here. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at your chart there on slide three, the NASDAQ 100, a reasonably solid uh, uptrend and <laughs> uh, solid advance here and a well-defined channel. Yeah, it's a steady climb uh, towards uh, all-time high. And, uh, and I do believe we will see it here in the next uh, maybe few weeks uh, going into uh, August. I must admit that I actually expected a little bit of a summer weakness uh, but uh, f for now, it doesn't seem like it, 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 it's pausing at all. Um, the NASDAQ is moving in this fairly uh, narrow uh, channel upwards uh, to, uh, towards the uh, all-time high at uh, 16,765. We're we less than 1,000 points uh, from there. All right. And then Microsoft uh, actually managing that new all-time high, sort of ahead of the game, if you will. And the NASDAQ uh, has some some work to do to get there. But Microsoft, new all-time high. Uh, how do you deal with technicals when you're just sort of at this uh, an extreme uh, of an advance here? I guess we're getting towards the top of the trend channel. How do you how do you sort of absorb this uh, technically? Yeah, it's, of course, a really hard when, when you don't have anything above you, so to speak. So uh, we are in uncharted territory. You try to use Fibonacci's and you draw some trend lines. And as long as we are moving uh, above this trend line I've drawn here on uh, on slide four, uh, then I will, I will uh, stick to that. And then, of course, I will look out for other patterns, chart patterns or candlestick patterns if, if we get any kind of... Uh, any kind of, of top pattern formations. 
And then I also use some of the other uh, indicators like uh, RSI to see if there's any divergence, meaning that the RSI values has to go up when the market are also going up. And at the moment, this is a weekly chart, and at the moment they are supporting the, this uptrend that actually could continue further. And I indicated a little bit with the, uh, the Fibonacci uh, projection, but you can say, well, it's it's not that reliable, but but still it gives you a kind of idea that there could be room up to maybe 400. But I will look out for the uh, other um, uh, look at the other indicators also. All right, and then that's been interesting. So we've seen a directional sympathy over the last couple of weeks in European equities that have come back from that that brief sell-off uh, we saw. So we take something like the DAX, which is a, a trader's favorite uh, for whatever reason. Uh, on slide five, and it's just not, it's really technically in a very different place in these U.S. indices. And I, I think some of that might be the, the strong euro of late, but it's just a, a very different technical picture here. Yeah, it's, it's the same picture across all European equities market, but uh, very notable here on, on DAX. It's been trading basically sideways or range bound for the, for the past, I don't know, couple of, couple of months. And um, it can't really gain uptrend traction, it seems. It, it tested the 16,210 here uh, this morning. Uh, this is the daily chart here on, uh, on slide five. And, and it, it got rejected once again. And uh, we can also see on the RSI, it's not really, it can't get above 60 threshold, which is the bull bear uh, threshold here. So it, it, it's, it's really struggling. But if we get a break above, a close above, then, then uh, I, I think we'll see all time highs on uh, DAX too. But for now, it's being rejected and we could see a little bit of a setback. All right. Now, on to other news. We had uh, the big one in this morning was the UK June CPI. We've been highlighting this as a really important event risk for Sterling, given that very aggressive view on what the Bank of England is thought to be delivering in coming meetings to fight inflation. And uh, I said the soft side would be a downside surprise after those two big uh, uh, you know, upside surprises on especially core inflation the prior two months. And that is what we got. So we got finally a little bit of a crack here in the core CPI story, 6.9% year on year versus the 7.1% expected and the 7.1% uh, multi-decade high of the prior month. So that uh, really knocked uh, sterling lower this morning, and for good reason, because we're seeing UK rates coming off very aggressively. So a series of little charts there on slide six and some thoughts here. And I think the, the chief takeaway could be that this is probably the end of Sterling's uh, amazing run this year. That green line on the left, I show uh, I indexed all the G10 currencies to 100 at the start of this year and showing the performance year to date. And you can see that the star performer has been Sterling far and away, 9.2% advance versus the, uh, the uh, well, it's not versus the rest of the G10, but it's a the the trade. Sorry, the real effective uh, exchange rate advance. So, so that's a broad advance of nine percent, very considerable. Uh, and I think it's uh, a lot of that, of course, linked to the reassessment of the Bank of England's rate path. And you're seeing it tumbling down here. So on the right, I show the UK uh, UK two year rate uh, for the two year gilt. It's off some sixty basis points plus from those highs. And think about you know we've got a policy rate of uh, of five percent now. And we have the two-year rate at 4.88%. And in the interim, we're supposed to get the Bank of England to a 5.8%-ish rate if you look at the uh, forward expectations there. That means that you're seeing a lot of rate cuts priced in in the two-year uh, horizon. The key thing being uh, for the next meeting, the market is starting to wobble about 50-50 now on the odds of a 50 basis point hike versus a 25 basis point hike. It was very firmly at 50 uh, before today. So... Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I think this uh, reassessment here of Sterling probably means its st- status as the biggest and best performer among G10 currencies is finished after a spectacular first half. And that is helping to feed that that soft uh, CPI print um, and the general come down in rates is helping to feed a stronger gold story. And uh, Kim, you've brought in a gold chart today. We've 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 pulled above an, an interesting level here. I guess really to my mind, though, psychologically, the two thousand dollar level has to be uh, the really big one here. Yeah, it is a big one, and I and I actually think that after the break yesterday, where it it took out nineteen sixty three. I think we will see a test of the 2000 uh, fairly shortly. Um, we have the uh, indicators uh, pointing higher with the RSI in bullish mode. So 2000 is, is likely to be tested here in, in, in a couple of days, I believe. And and uh, then I think it could also be broken. All right. Um, and then the the, uh, you know, the huge levels up there, well above 2050. I can't remember if it's a double top or triple top. It's been testing those levels. It's a triple top, yeah. Yeah, triple top from 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 some time back. Still some some work to do, though, to get it above those levels. Uh, let's look at the FX uh, overview here, and I, I show that on slide eight. You can see the FX board, the various uh, relative strength indicators. Uh, Kiwi trying to get some uh, traction on a stronger-than-expected Q2 CPI report overnight, but that was really thoroughly beaten back lower. And uh, Kiwi versus the dollar actually in danger of a bearish reversal. And the Aussie Kiwi comeback uh, actually suggesting, uh, to my, uh, to, in my view, that Aussie Kiwi uh, still wants to focus on the upside here. So that's an interesting one. Uh, but Sterling is the big story. Uh, you can see how much cable has come off. So Sterling versus the dollar there. Now back below the psychologically important 130. Still a lot of wood to chop, though, on uh, the downside of ex- to expect a bearish reversal here. I would argue at least below 128 to really start to punch uh, or to sort of reverse out this last very significant gain from uh, from the lows in, in, in late June there. Dollar's still relatively weak. Um, and we're, you know, uh, the, the thing that's feeding that, of course, is the continued softness in U.S. yields and the wildly strong uh, risk sentiment is an important uh, support for a dollar bears at the moment. Uh, curiously as well, the euro doing what it's doing after one of the EC, notable ECB hawks, uh, Klaas Knott of the uh, of the Netherlands, uh, of Netherlands, saying that he's uh, basically speaking out against the idea of a second rate hike uh, for September. So when even the hawks are starting to talk down the ability of the ECB to continue uh, uh, hiking, you've got a less <clears throat> bullish euro story. Um, but the market doesn't seem terribly concerned about that. Do note that the German two-year is eyeing three uh, percent, the lowest in quite some time. All right, and then as we've got this very high energy, very high speculative energy, we've got some of the very biggest names reporting, and the very biggest one of all is Tesla. We've previewed it a little bit. I've pulled in the financials here uh, on from Bloomberg on slide nine. And uh, sorry, I, I do the, the the chart the left to right rather than right to left, as Peter does, so a little bit confusing there. But just uh, want to question where Tesla is trading relative to some of the forward projections uh, with a very aggressive valuations, given the expectation that revenue is expected to slide to a 10% year-on-year growth rate over the next three quarters. Uh, and then those margins. Note that the margins margins have been under pressure with their price cutting. You can see we're at uh, 18% in Q1 of last year. That's dropped uh, to around 14 15%, and then even to 10 11 12%, and is expected around 12%. So uh, you know, I think challenge from a valuation perspective, you really have to um, gin up 
stories of the Cybertruck uh, becoming a massive new contributor. Um, of course, there's the AI angle, autonomous driving, if they can get something from that. But um, I'm curious what they report, how they guide, and the margins they anticipate, and suspect at some point that their actually ability to produce and deliver may outstrip what the actual demand is uh, in the near term, particularly if we get a cyclical uh, softness in, in the economy as we go into the new year. We also have Netflix uh, reporting. Actually, let's uh, stay on Tesla there because, uh, Kim, you brought in a chart here. And, you know, it's, it's really silly uh, in a way to, to ask you to do technical analysis right before our earnings report where we get some crazy gap. And I'm, I'm sure you would prefer to have a, a look at tomorrow's bar um, uh, you know, and how we close tomorrow after the earnings tonight to, to get a sense of where we are. But there are a couple of just maybe some, some, some signposts and things we can, can look for on this chart, I do note the one one interesting thing was that sixty one point eight percent retracement uh, at two ninety five, which is the the retracement of the very all you know the all time high from from uh, what is it twenty twenty one I guess all the way back there to that uh, incredible low we saw. Uh, I can't even see on your chart from the dates there was that earlier this year. Yeah, um, it was around yeah, the new year. Yeah, yeah two ninety five anyway was was one signpost, but there's a more prominent flat level that you've outlined there as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Tesla really took off after taking out the uh, 210 level, um, only slightly pausing a little bit on the way up. And, and I don't see, as I pointed out on the chart there, around 313, around that level, there's some strong resistance. Uh, you mentioned yourself the 61.8 retracement, where we roughly are at the moment. And uh, I think that we could move to uh, 313. The, the uptrend is, is, is quite strong and this is a weekly chart, and and the uh, indicators also point to higher levels. But three thirteen could be a, could be a crucial level uh, on the medium term trend. And as I've indicated, I mean it's it's the company of you know where we are with this advance, which is uh, an extreme low uh, VIX and high complacency levels. It, the market does become increasingly fragile to to news that misses uh, and misses the narrative, especially in the most speculative sectors. Uh, if something related to AI, for example, if NVIDIA was to suddenly come out tomorrow with a profit warning or something crazy like that, that, that could completely change the tune. So I suspect that earnings report either, um, maybe an either or setup, either sort of really strengthens the narrative, uh, something that, that can be pulled out that's quite positive, and we see this continued advance across the board, and especially in Tesla shares, or we get a miss that the market may treat especially uh, badly because, again, we are missing relative to the very strong uh, narrative. So that it means that you're, you're priced for perfection or at least priced for something very, uh, very solid on the positive side. All right, and then the macro calendar, not a whole lot to, to look at. We do have housing starts and building permits today. We've seen some really big uh, numbers there. Uh, the theme being the irony that those high U.S. mortgage rates mean that people that do want a new home uh, are forced to go into the new market because existing supply is so low. People don't want to move out of their existing homes because they're enjoying those very low uh, mortgages. There is a very opposite force in the U.S. housing market, and there's a massive supply of multifamily, so apartment rentals, et cetera, coming online here. And uh, and next year, the most uh, supply coming onto the market uh, since the 1980s and could really help to keep inflation from, at least in the rental side of things, from uh, from advancing much here, so it's a it's a, a very odd market relative to past cycles. There's a treasury auction, and we have a couple of Australian data points up overnight, uh, and then the big one for the rest of the week is that Friday June uh, uh, national CPI data point out of Japan, the last major 
data input ahead of the next Friday's Bank of Japan meeting. But for now, it's all about uh, animal spirits, it feels like, with these uh, very strong risk sentiment, very high complacency levels that we've talked about. Let's see what these earnings after hours uh, deliver. And, uh, yeah, I, I forgot to really preview the Netflix. I did that a bit yesterday. Uh, that's an important one as well because it's so aggressively priced. How is their ad-supported uh, uh, service going? Are people actually downgrading? I guess that could be a risk as well as, as the upgrades. They've had the password crackdown, which has been seen as, as very um, a very positive for subscriber growth as people are unable to share the password to the, to the degree they could as well. And then even this Hollywood strike there is supposedly playing potentially as a competitive advantage because Netflix has a, a global footprint and can produce outside of the U.S. Um, uh, we'll see what they have to say about that, but also a very interesting earnings report there. So let's uh, strap ourselves in for another day on these uh, crazy markets, and we'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>